We've been fighting a long time, and we have all lost so very much. So many loved ones gone. But you are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. You have no idea how important you are. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Ave Welcome back to another episode of Resistance Radio. This is your host, Steve Cunningham, Fidelium.us, and the corresponding YouTube channel. I wanted to share my two cents, like everybody else has on the internet and podcasts, etc., on the recent poll that they did on the uh, Eucharist, where they said a third of the Catholics don't believe, or only a third of Catholics believe in the real presence. And uh, there's been a lot of people commenting on it. You got, like, Bishop... Robert Barron, who said he was angered, as tweet was, he was angry about the results. And you see many others that talk about more of a, oh, it must be just bad catechism. We just had bad teaching the last, you know, decades, basically. Which, yeah, yeah, we have had bad teachings. There's more to it on that. I mean, the poll numbers. I mean, even the poll numbers don't even show the, the worst of it. I mean, that's just, you know, the ones that go to mass. I mean, years ago, my brother and I were talking about this and. He brought up to a friend of a friend of ours that uh, said 25% go to Mass. 25% of all the Catholics, 8 billion Catholics, whatever it is, 25% go to Mass. Because they were talking about the whole, is everybody saved idea. Like, do we have, can we really hope that everybody is saved? Well, only what, a percentage of the entire population is Catholic. 25% of that 8 million or billion, whatever it is, goes to Mass. 25% of that believes even in the real presence so we're talking you you talk about a fraction it's fracturing down only a half you talk about god when christ said when i come back will there be faith on the world you're seeing that you know the faith going away i mean yes there's pockets of resistance all over as uh the great john connor said <laughs> uh so i'd lead into this that that clip can go with a ton of things that we have to deal with almost every day and I like the clip. I'm a Terminator fan, even though the last couple were really, really, really bad. Genesis was garbage. And I'm not really having high hopes for the next one coming up. But anyway, back to the story. All right, so look at the poll numbers. You got the people talking about it's reason, you know, it's the education. We, you know, it's just bad teachings, what's going on. It's a lot other than just that. It's, I mean, mainly the liturgy. Uh, but let's go back to what... What were the two big things that happened in the 16th centuries? The Protestants, the Protestant Revolt, and then after that, the English Revolt. What three things did each of those revolutions do? Communion in the hand to kill the real presence, vernacular facing the crowd. Aren't you glad that we didn't do that in you know four decades ago, five decades or 1960s, 70s? Aren't you glad that we learned from those mistakes and didn't do any of those? We did all three. And what do they expect? You know, it's one of those, it's almost the thing of what's the definition of insanity? Do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. We did. It was, it was worse than insanity. It's just stupidity. They know, they knew from history what these guys did, and yet we did it anyways. I don't know what you want to call it. I, you know, stupidity, evil, 
whatever. But yeah, that was one of the three, three, three things they did. Communion in hand, the heretics. Three Communion in hand, vernacular, and facing the crowd. And you can go back and John, uh, the Bishop John Carroll, he wanted a vernacular. He wanted all this. The whole Americanism thing that Pope Leto Thirteenth was condemning. So yeah, it was bad catechism, bad teaching. But it's also bad liturgy, bad everything else, everything that goes around the liturgy. I mean, how many times, I, mean, I remember back home when I was in South Carolina, I went to, I've seen masses where after the priest got done consecrating a host, he wiped his finger, he rubbed his hands together like he just got done eating a bag of Doritos. And you can't tell me you're watching that from the from the pews and seeing, oh, that there must be something important up there because he just washed his hands like I do after watching a football game and eating a bag of chips. No. You just look at the traditional mass. What goes on? That priest doesn't break those two fingers, the canonical digits, until he gets them purified. Doesn't touch anything with that. But you go in the other way, in the new way we do it, and it's, you know, all, you know, go whatever you do want. I mean, the extraordinary minister army gets up there, and they go up there and get that their bottle of peral that's up there in the corner, make sure they got their hands sanitized and all before they touch our Lord. So it used to be just the priest, the St. Thomas Aquinas teaches in the Summa Theologica, that only consecrated hands touch our Lord. You can read the book Dominus S by Bishop Athanasius Snyder. He's got great stories in there about how people use tweezers. The lay people would use tweezers if they were going to give communion to the sick to to move the host to the communicant. Now you go into a hospital, you got you know, Miss Jane Doe, Jane Smith comes walking in. Hey, would you like communion today? Yeah, they came in when my wife had uh, had our little boy and we both looked at each other and go, wow, did she walk into the wrong room? <laughs> Could you do confession, madam? No, that's father's job. It's also his job to do that, too, which goes back to everything else. Priests are more of a uh, CEO, per se, of their parish. They don't really do the job they did five you know, five decades ago, six decades ago, but that's because there's a priest shortage from the changes that changes everything happened and people were getting laicized or asking to be laicized and all this. So instead of having five, five to ten priests in a parish, you now have one for three parishes. So yeah, I get it that his, his, he's you know, cut thin and he's spread all over the place and he might not be able to get to you know, do commun- communion runs at the, at the hospital, but I mean, that's a dangerous job for an extraordinary minister, giving communion of somebody in mortal sin, maybe. Who knows? I don't, you know, they, they don't know. They're just giving them the communion. Must not, they must not care. Again, it's hard to believe there's something important when the liturgy, when priests are up there wiping their hands like they're eating popcorn, or uh, it's just very nonchalant. We were at the cathedral the other day, and father and the deacon come walking out like they were going to the bathroom. You know, I, mean, I, I remember looking at my wife going, man, I can't stand this. Just this who cares mentality. It's like, oh, well, it's time for mass. We're just going to walk out now instead of a procession in like military procession type deal. You mean you're focused into what's going on instead of ho-hum, blah, 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 blah. You know, you don't even ring the bell. They just walk right out. Oh, we're here. Let's go ahead and get started. Hey, good morning. How's everybody doing today? You know, we here's our here's our deacon. He's been here at the same time. We're just going to continue to introduce everybody while we're here, and hope all the everyone's having a good day before you give in into the rubrics. You know, making laughs, cutting jokes, type deal. What's serious about it? Why can why take anything seriously about it if you don't if the priests don't take this seriously? So you got the liturgy that has problems. Which this isn't breaking news. Even Louis Ordo. Only people know this. We we went. My buddy and I, I took him up. I would drive him since he has epilepsy to a couple of parishes so he could teach scripture. 
and he gave him homework assignments. And one of some of the homework assignments would come in, and he we'd read them in the car while he would to me. I'm driving. And he goes, "Man, listen to this." And they everybody knew there was a problem, but they couldn't put their finger on it. They said, "Oh, we're just they were they know there's something different, something off." But they have no idea what. And these are people that aren't, they have no idea what the traditional liturgy is. They have no idea. I was there. I remember being there. I was no idea. I thought the traditional mass was just the same mass, but in Latin. Which, I mean, if they did the Novus Ordo right, I would I would bet 90% of people that go to the traditional mass wouldn't know the difference. I mean, because you know, most of the guys, they still, most of them still using that red booklet. They I'm going. I have a friend that goes to. I'm, I'm an usher, and hand out the book sometimes. And I remember this one come in. I'm going. You still haven't figured this out yet? Come on, <laughs> you should know these. I mean, the ordinary should know. Uh, maybe the other ones might be different, but it's like, come on. I mean, we should know those prayers. But I mean, I'm just saying. You know, you go back to what the nose order should be. I would I would venture to say the vast majority of the traditional only traditional mass only folks would not have a clue there's a, what the, the difference is would be able to spot it. That's just my guess. Maybe I'm wrong, but at least bring back the reverence. Like I said, you got people out there dressed. They invade the altar. They invade the sanctuary. I mean, you've seen photos in Google, Mickey Mouse shirts, T-shirts, just you know. Random off the street people just go up there and start touching our Lord, handing him out, doing the priest's job, as uh, Dr. Thomas Wood says uh, has in Sacred Now, Sacred Then, his book on the traditional liturgy. If a guy, if a kid sitting in the pew looking at Mrs. Smith standing next to Father Bob, you know, because everyone calls their priest by their first name, and he, she's doing the exact same thing he's doing, why would he be motivated to go to seminary, do a vow of celibacy, when? Mrs. Smith is doing the same thing he's doing, and she got married, had kids, was able to do all this other stuff. What's what's the big deal? And then, like I said, you got communion hand. So when people go up and communion hand, what's oh they were walking up, not not even dressed right. So that's another part. Dress. All these people dress to go to mass mostly. So you tell me you get up and go, you dress better to go to school or better to go to eat than most the most people do than going to mass. Just got a normal parish in the round the block. Jeans, t-shirts, golf shirts, maybe shorts, flip-flops. If you really believe what we say we believe, you're not dressing like you're going to the pool. You're not dressing like you're going to watch a baseball game. You're not dressing like you're going golfing. You're going to dress a little bit more dignified. You know, first off, you're going to the king of kings. You're, are you really going to wear rainbow flip-flops? So we go to mass dressed like we're going to play putt-putt. And then we see a liturgy that the priest is Mr. Everyone's Friend, and we got music that's on eagle's wings, which I wish my ears would bleed every time it happens. Or we go into, my wife and I went into adoration the other day, and it's one of those songs that I heard back 20 years ago, and they're still playing. And I just wish I would have tore my ears out so I could just, you know, be in adoration and silence with our Lord for you know, the couple of minutes we were there. Sometimes I'll go, I won't even go into that chapel. I'll stay outside and, you know, there's a glass. So if the case they are playing on the, the amazing piano they have, then I don't have to hear it. So we got the liturgies, uh, the problem, because you got priests that uh, don't act like it's important, which signifies, was it, John Vianney says, you have a saintly priest, you're going to have great, uh, uh, Claire, uh, laity, if you have a good priest, you're going to have poor uh, laity or something like that. It's about the same. It was a bit degrees. 
so we get you know priest monkey see monkey do so if you see the priest doing x you're gonna do x too he's not taking it so high high you know so important why would you take it so important so you got the liturgy, you got architects, you got churches that look like a 7-Eleven. You don't even know that's a church. I mean, most, I mean, most, you know, Protestant churches look more Catholic than Catholic churches. You telling me that back in the day in the 1600s, 1700s, that those guys were better at building churches than we are, and we got better tools, better everything, and yet we build the ugliest things we can possibly conceive. And it's like that book by Michael Rose, Ugliest Sin. You got these things that look like you just walked into Ikea. There's a, there's a church down the street here that looks like, reminds me of Ikea with the lights, the sit, the seats, the pews, everything. I mean, the pews, you know, that's a pews of Protestant invention, by the way, because you get to sit there and receive our Lord instead of kneeling or, you know, looking, you know, the important things. You're sitting there, having taken a load off. Look at the, look at Beckett, the movie Beckett, all those old school movies. I show the cathedrals back in the day. Guess what you're not going to see in the cathedral there? Pews. Remember, we, uh, my brother was watching it with us one time. And he goes, oh, my God, what, what is it? Oh, there's no pews. What did they do? They knelt. You didn't have to, you didn't have a pew thing. You just sat, you didn't have to sit, you didn't sit down. You could sit down, probably, and then everyone knelt. You didn't have the pews. Anyways, so you got monkey see, monkey do from the priests and the lady. You got bad architects. You got bad music. Just not even bad music. You got terrible, terrible music. You know, they everyone thinks that we're supposed to have the, you know, ding, 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 ding. Hey, you guys have some great guitar music. I want, every time I hear a guitar, I want to pull off the Animal House scene with Belushi when he takes the guitar and slams it against the wind, the wall a couple times. You know, you had the guys up there. It's the cool music. We had adoration here at the cathedral, not the cathedral, but the diocese had some kind of big shindig for John Paul II's 25th anniversary of World Youth Day. And they had dueling bands. One in English, one in Spanish. They probably 30 minutes of adoration, but it was five minutes of silence. And uh, the diocese got mad at me for pointing that out. So, hey, there was that story, uh, not a story, there was a report that uh, the Vatican sent people to come over to the States to ask these megachurch people, how do they keep the youth in? And you see it, Steubenville conferences. Come on, that's pure emotionalism right there. There's, I, I saw one, I was at one. There was, I mean, it, it looked like a Protestant worship service. You had this guy in a nice, cool shirt with a, you know, he's called the worship leader. I thought the priest was the worship was the leader in worship, uh, but uh, you know, what do we, what do we know? In a nice, cool T-shirt with a cool band and this, people were coming up to our booth. They had zero clue about anything Catholic, but they knew who the band was and had all their CDs. And you're you're wondering how the how one third only one third of people go to mass believe in the Eucharist. Bad liturgy, bad architecture, bad music, bad dress. When you, would you would you dress like that at Calvary? When you hear those songs, when you hear the, you see those dances, would you dance like that? Would you have liturgical dance? Would you dress like that at the foot of the cross? Would you have music like that? Think about playing some kind of little pick me up music at the base of, on Calvary. You think that would go over well? And what's the elephant in the room? They know people know it, but they you say it and everyone gets mad at you. The liturgy. Starts with everything starts with liturgy. These all these evangelization efforts, they're gonna they mount to nothing until you get that liturgy fixed. Are you gonna evangelize? I mean, I'm gonna go on out and do it and going. Where am I gonna send these people to? If I send them to down the street, this is back home. If I send them about 200 yards from where I'm standing there, evangelizing, giving them medals, giving rosaries, I had the priest that blessed those things. Think that hey, why do you have to do that? They don't need it. They don't have to be. They don't need to convert. 
And am I supposed to send people there to, to Mass when the priests didn't even think that they need to convert the area, which is mostly Protestant? 1% Catholic? 2% Catholic? Most? Or the other church in town that looks like a convenience store where they sing Happy Birthday after Mass? Where am I supposed to send these guys to? We had one Mass where they had, uh, was it an, uh, some kind of third order Franciscan thing, which was kind of funny because the lady was dressed to the nines, finally. I'd never seen her dressed up before and blinged out with all kind of jewelry, Franciscan. <laughs> and then afterwards, they're all in front of the sanctuary, something on top of the stairs, just yucking it up, having a great time, hugging each other. I mean, I'm not saying for people to yell in church. I actually yelled, please stop talking, get out so we could pray. And I know Father wasn't going to say anything, wasn't going to tell me. He's, <laughs> he was, he's a friend of mine. What was he going to say? But he didn't. But no one did anything. He just let it go. Lex Arandi, Lex Credendi. Hey, the way you pray, the way you live. If you pray like it's no big deal, example, I remember trying before Mass one time, back you know before I found the traditional ways, and the family in front of me was talking about the, score, the sports scores of that evening. It was a Saturday evening Mass. Yeah, I know. I went to the Saturday evening sometimes. We were in a gym. Nobody knelt. Well, that's another thing. You get to these places, don't even have kneelers. What's that going to do with real presence? And they were talking about the, the college football scores. I had to ask him to stop talking. I, I mentioned if Sports Center starts saying Hail Marys, literally saying Hail Marys, not saying Hail Mary passes, then could you X out on the uh, sports scores until after Mass is over, please? I mean, and then Father gets up and gives us sports scores after after communion. <laughs> oh. and like I said, you, people were saying they're angry. Father bishops were saying they're angry about their stats. Look in the mirror. You are our leaders. You're supposed to guide us. You're supposed to teach. You're supposed to feed us. And what's going on? Utter crumbling of the church and our parishes closing left and right. Get being consolidated. People are leaving left and right. I mean, one time we were at the we were at that thing and the Denver guys is here and the director of non-evangelization gets up. Yes, I said non-evangelization because they haven't done anything for evangelization. And if they have, they'd be out there with me when I was doing it. But they never. They always had an excuse. Back to the story. There's video of him talking about the stat that he had of literally everything was in the negative, but former Catholics was up 60%. And then has the gall to say, but these aren't numbers to be worried about. Like, well, what? It's like weddings down 50, 60%, baptism down 80%, stuff like that. And we're in, in non-Catholics up 600%. Wait a minute. You're saying that's not something to worry about? So some people might be saying, Steve, you sound kind of angry or ranting a little bit. Well, these are souls. How many people are going to hell over this, losing their soul over this? I mean, there's a reason why people get up and start saying, hey, raise your hand if you know somebody left the faith, and everybody in the room raises their hands. That's not something to worry about. That's not something to be upset about. We should have some righteous anger about this. Not to point fingers and tell, hey, you stink, you this, stay this, but to invite them, obviously with charity, invite them to Mass with you. If you go into a good liturgy mass mass with great liturgy invite them don't be scared i know it's not it's not the traditional thing but that's the way we used to be we used to invite people to mass it wasn't just the protestants that did that it wasn't just novus ordo people that did that we evangelized people long before the new evangelization which really was just doing the old way the same you know just doing the old way again invite people to mass take them for a beer and peace afterwards it's okay to have fun. It's actually good to have fun. Joyful saints. We need those. You can be that. Everybody can be that. Smile. It's not a sin. Laugh. It's not a sin. 
Go up and say hi to somebody. Invite them to Mass. Give them a miraculous medal. Buy some miraculous medals from the St. Paul Street Evangelization team. They have great uh, quality and bulk. Buy a medal. Buy a bunch of 100 medals. Pass them out. Buy 100 more. Pass them out. Leave them as tips. Leave them at a good, uh, your drive through Give them some friends of yours at work. Who knows? You might convert a couple. Bring them into Mass. Stay afterwards. Talk. Obviously, say prayers and give a good Thanksgiving. Stay around. Talk. Don't be a cloister family. We're supposed to be in the world, not of it. And in the trad world, a lot of people go into the Mass and get out of it and go cloister themselves in the rooms or in houses. That's not right. If, if we want to change the way things are, we got to go out there and market, evangelize, promote, invite people in to the beauty of tradition. Give them a book by... Give them a book on tradition by Father Rip. Show them a couple links. Show them, share them a couple videos. Invite them out to Mass again, like I said. Ask questions. Show them how good we are. Because, you know, everyone got the idea that we're a bunch of sourpuss, you know, people that just don't like going around and having fun. Show them that you like to laugh. Make a joke. St. Philip Neri was a humorous guy. I don't know. I haven't read one saint that didn't have a sense of humor. But you'd be fine. Sometimes I'll see trads that don't like to smile. That's not going to evangelize. That's not a sales pitch. If you've ever been in sales and you never smiled or tried to have a personality, you're not going to win too many people. You're not going to sell anything. You're going to be fired, unemployed, and looking for a new work probably at Wendy's Flipping Burgers. So, yeah, the poll numbers, not shocking at all. Saw them came out. Yeah. Duh. Are we really? Are we really shocked? It's more shocking to see these other guys, everyone being upset. Oh, Angered. It's the bad catechism. It's bad teaching. It's bad RCI. Yeah, the RCI program's garbage. Yes. Duh. The average, I mean, most times people go into a new person comes in from RCIA, they last less than a year and they're gone and they're back to being Protestant again. Again, the when I saw that one priest that wiped his hands like he was a bag of Doritos, I was the sponsor for a friend of ours that was going into, uh, coming into the church. My brother was working on for years. She finally came in. Mike went to seminary. He asked me to stand in for, for him, uh, for her. Yeah, and after after mass, I approached the priest and told him, Father, please don't ever do that again. Every particle is our Lord, and he pushed me away, dismissed me, and could just yeah, I couldn't believe he did it twice, that during mass. Gasp were it. I heard other people gasp at the time when he did it. I told the lady, told the ladies that you stay here. You'll be a you'll be a Protestant again in less than a year. Eight months later, she was gone. She ain't alone. There's thousands, millions of stories like that. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be held to pay on Judgment Day for a lot of the clerics, unfortunately. But maybe we can change. Maybe we can go out and evangelize the the people that you know our own. And I remember my wife told me, "Hey, let's stop doing the street you know, the street team for Protestants and, and the uh, pagans." Let's go evangelize our own. If we gotta, we gotta get our base strong before we go out and get others in. And she has a, that was a point to that. Our base is weak. The ones that are evangelizing really don't know much of the faith, or either that have a really emotional attachment to it, or you know, look at look at happy clappy land as something good and true and beautiful. Or some that think that good and true and beautiful is literally everything. Yeah, from guitars to chant to everything's beautiful. If everything's beautiful, nothing's beautiful. Everything's sacred, nothing's sacred. If a church looks like a IKEA superstore is beautiful, then nothing. And, and right next to the sharks is beautiful, then nothing's beautiful. We don't know what the word beauty is. If you go to a Nova Soto Mass, go to communion. It's legit. It's legal. It's lawful. Kneel. 
walk straight back down the middle aisle. And when someone asks you what's why'd you do that, tell them. Tell them why you kneel. And then tell them why you walk back down the aisle. Because after communion in hand, there's particles on the ground on the sides. You don't want to step on our Lord. Trust me, their face will melt when you tell them that. I've told many people that many of the times. Some change their ways. Now, don't do it just with a, hey, look at me. You don't have to do that. Eventually, just be you. And people will ask. Trust me. Just like being a Catholic in the middle of a Protestant group. They will They will come to you. You don't have to worry about it. Well, God bless y'all. Like I said, I wanted to throw my two cents in on the... Uh, the poll numbers, because like I said, I've seen, a, quite, seen quite a few people talk about it and going, well, man, they missed a lot of historical parts were missing. Uh, this part was missing about the liturgy, the architecture, music, dress, how your actions are. Your internals affect your externals. Uh, so I figured I'd just put this together. Well, anyway, in the middle of moving right now, uh, actually headed to Charlotte, North Carolina. So it's my last days in Denver out here and kind of bittersweet, missing going to miss a lot of friends. Never had a group of guys like I did out here. Uh, it's uh, really uh, bittersweet for me, but it's going to be good coming back. It's the right move. I just think we're going to drive across the continent Wednesday and hope, hopefully arrive in Lincoln for Mass on Thursday and be uh, be in Charlotte by the weekend, hopefully. Uh, got the little guys, so we're trying to get prepared. Got some walkie-talkies so the wife and I can talk back and forth in the car with during you know in periods where we can't talk on the cell phone if she needs me and yeah so getting everything moved to into a pod on tuesday and hit the road wednesday well pray for us for safe travels and next time you hear from me on a podcast of some sort i'll be on the uh, back in the eastern standard time but anyway god bless and look forward to talking to you later again steve cottingham signing off census god bless and merry keep you